Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 556, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. I'm Agent of Chaos and Rainbows, Lorraine Sink. I am just happy to be here. I'm GMI. I'm back! Hi, everybody! <laughs> yeah, I'm you guys James. remember James. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> it's great to be with the two of you right now. Oh, please. Hearing your voices is like just, you know, warm honey. It's awesome. Love it. James, what have you been up to this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a while it's been a minute sorry last time i talked to you guys i think i was in uh, chicago on broadway and yes. that ended and so basically i did a wonderful concert american songbook for a new jersey pack that it will be if you're in jersey or if you have access to the internet hopefully it works it will be on uh, pbs june 28th at 9 30 p.m it's the jmi show american songbook should be really really fun i got to host this awesome thing called 50 Years of Broadway at the Candy Center in Washington, D.C. with some amazing Broadway stars. And just recently, if you guys have little kids, you guys can go on Disney Junior and you can see a show called Alice's Wonderland Bakery. And on episode 10, I play Oliver the Onion in an episode called Special Blend who gets to sing with the flowers. So yeah, I've been, uh, Disney just announced a wonderful cartoon called Super Kitties, which is coming out la- later next year. And you'll hear my voice on that. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. I've been, uh, you know, Talking to your children with different silly voices. <laughs> <laughs> and taking over Broadway. Doing my best. Yeah, yeah. You made a Marvel debut not yeah. too long ago in a Lorraine Sink project. That is very true. That's right. My friends and I were in a, a wonderful episode of your Squirrel Girl podcast, me and my boys UTK and Shockwave. And that was fun. And I got, there's nothing like getting hit up on Twitter about that, my fans. I was like, you gave me some definite street cloud on that one. Thank you, Lorraine. Go listen to, I believe it's episode three of Marvel's Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show in which James and the kids from Freestyle Love Supreme come on and they rap. And what you guys do is so impressive. Every person was like, oh, my God, they just made that up. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) We had a good time. So we took Catherine to Coney Island this past weekend for the Mermaid Parade. And she rode her first roller coaster for the first time, a little kitty roller coaster. And she's sitting next to me. So she has her first slip disc in her back from the Coney Island roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) She was going like back and forth on the seat. (laughs) But she's fine. And this is a roller coaster meant for two-year-olds to like five-year-olds we got off it and i looked at my wife and i was like i'm a little dizzy <laughs> and kath was like let's me. do it again you're like no no we're not. yeah no i'm speaking good. of that um happy father's day to you my man you too my kids came over to the house and they moved out my daughter and her husband have moved out but the funny thing is you know when change happens, you kind of go with it. So my wife and I know the family is coming over in July. So we were like, well, we need to get the basement redone. So we got the ba- we got new couches. We got new TVs. We cleaned up the house, got everything. My kids walk in the door for Father's Day yesterday. <laughs> and my daughter, first thing she says is, hello. She goes, hmm, it's real clean in here. <laughs> she goes, give me 20 minutes. I'll fix that. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, when we moved the couch, we found her socks. We're like, you don't live here anymore. Why is your... So I, it was weird to feel that. I'm used to feeling it when I go to my mama's house and like, oh my God, this is really my mother's house now. I don't live here. They finally got that feeling. They walk back in the house like, uh, how dare you throw our stuff out? We're like, because y'all are grown. We didn't think you wanted it. We were wrong. See, I'm the opposite. I'm going to my parents' house next week. My mom's like, I can't wait for you to go through all your toys. And I was like, I did not ask for you to save them. I don't want to look through everything I've ever purchased as a child. I like some of the stuff. It's fun to go like look through my old like Marvel cards and baseball cards and weird things that I collected when I was a kid. Gem stickers. And I don't mean rocks. I mean gem and the holograms. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't want them, I will give you my address. Send them to me. I am a gym fan. I got you. Do you want my stuffed iguana? Because it's up there. Sure, I was a weird like kid. A hey, listen. <laughs> Nothing like going to school like, oh, man, what'd you watch, man? Did you watch Spider-Man's Amazing Friends? Yeah, but did you catch the episode of Jim? And all the boys go, what? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Yeah, that's on This Week in Jim. We're not talking about yes, that right, right now right. because right, this right. is This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel <laughs> podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we're excited about. And there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Of course, we are still celebrating Pride. Lots of stuff going Woo! on there. At the Mermaid Parade. Lots of pride stuff. Very exciting. Also, I saw two 
Namor's walking the parade. Whoa. That's his natural home is the yeah. mermaid parade. Exactly. Yeah. He's a man of myrrh. He's a man of myrrh. Yeah, you definitely know? a man of myrrh. Also coming up this week, we've got on Alyssa Wong, who wrote a story in Marvel's Voices Pride. And also you probably know their work very well from Dr. Afra and their Iron Fist series. And oh my God, they're so delightful. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. It's really fun. Yeah, so wonderful. They're the best. All right, let's get into things. Of course, we would be remiss not to make sure y'all know that Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is available now to watch on Disney+. Plus. Very exciting. Watch it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, also, if you'd like to own it on digital, it is also available now in digital HD. Get it wherever you get your movies. Yeah, and get ready because on July 1st, Marvel Studios Assemble, the making of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness premieres on Disney+. Plus. And it's going to cover a whole bunch of stuff from world building to universe building, firsthand accounts of the cast and crew on what it took to design and create and make each universe unique and believable and a lot more. These are really wonderful, you know, making of documentaries about the films that we know and love. So go check out all of those Marvel Studios assembled, including the making of Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel episode three dropped this week. It's the big wedding episode and there's a lot. There's there's a lot happening. As we know, her brother's engaged. The wedding is coming. There is lots and lots of action. We're learning more about Kamala's powers and her backstory. But of course, you can watch the first three episodes of Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel now exclusively on Disney Plus and do it because it is so fun. And then, of course, I'm waiting for this chomping at the bit. Don't understand how badly I really want to see this. The countdown to Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder. There's a new featurette. The red carpet of world premiere was yesterday, Thursday. And you could watch on the Marvel YouTube channel or on Marvel.com. And, and you can experience it only in theaters beginning July 8th. I am so juiced for this one. Go watch all that great red carpet footage with our big Marvel team because they work super duper hard on it. Lots of wonderful red carpet interviews. We love our Chris Hemsworth and our Natalie Portman and our Tessa Thompson and our Taika Waititi on the carpet. They're so much fun. And also like Taika's my favorite person on the carpet. Mm, always. <laughs> he brings a, a little bit of chaotic energy around oh, in the best way possible. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of it. Like benevolent chaos is what he brings. And that's <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah. True, true delight. He's like starlight in a bottle. Can you catch it? I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> he needs to put that on his like his IMDB page or whatever. Yeah, starlight in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. James, I am so excited for you to see this film. July 8th can't come soon enough. But, you Seriously, know, yeah. shortly after that, there's something called... San Diego Comic-Con. Never heard of it. Uh, well, right around San Diego Comic-Con is a really special event. We're going to have the, there's going to be the Comic-Con Museum Hall of Fame, and they will be honoring Spider-Man as the fourth inductee into its Museum Character Hall of Fame. And that's happening at night at the Comic-Con Museum, a special event that takes place on Comic-Con's preview night, July 20th, 2022. We have a whole bunch of details there, but it's it's going to be a cool thing. And you get to see the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing exhibition, which has like art and props and all kinds of stuff. And at this event that's on preview night of Comic-Con, there's going to be live entertainment, special guests, food, drinks, all kinds of fun stuff. Maybe someone you know will be there talking into a microphone for it, or maybe not. It's going to be a very exciting event for everyone. Just one of the many things, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about Comic-Con a whole bunch more as we get closer, because that is only a month away. Oh my goodness. Yeah, right? I know. Now we're on the roller coaster. Um, also, if you like a spider, there's a new explainer about Ghost Spider over on the Marvel.coms. Your girl wrote it, so go watch it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Learn about a spider. Also, not related in any way, shape, or form, Shang-Chi returns to Avengers Campus with a new look. Yes. This is one of my favorite things. There are a ton of heroic encounters with some of your favorite heroes um, and occasionally shifty folk um, <laughs> that are now in Avengers Campus at California Adventure Park at Disneyland Resort. And now Shang-Chi has a new look. He's got his 10 rings from traveling from Talo. He's got his like red heroic look, which is super cool, but he is certainly not alone. There are lots of characters, but not limited to Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, 
Spider-Man, Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, now America Chavez and Ms. Marvel, which I love, mm-hmm. Star-Lord, Ant-Man, and the Wasp, and just a whole bunch of folks. I'm very jealous. I feel like everyone I know is going to a Disney park My right family now, was and- just there yesterday. My family was just <sighs> there yesterday and took a picture of them in the Avenger Park and then sent it to me. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> I want to go to there. Me too. Yeah. We wanted to point out there's, um, I think we talked about it a week or two, or I guess it was like a month ago, that Funko is doing these really cool Target selects And they're releasing that, a new one, right? Yeah, they're one? releasing new ones now. But if, you know, even if you just go and check out the Funko Target exclusives, they've got some wild stuff in there. I'm looking at like a Kid Loki blacklight pin set and like this wild neon wandavision wanda and some cool moon knight stuff there's tons of really really neat stuff in there for everybody to check out yeah now this is one of my favorite favorite titles and the fact that planet of the apes yes the planet of the apes franchise is returning to marvel comics with all new stories starting in early 2023 i can't wait the teaser by salvador laroca is up on marvel.com now more details to come check it out y'all this is one story you do not want to miss yeah you damn dirty apes yeah (laughs) it's uh the art is like classic old school Mm -hmm. planet of the apes art Another cool piece of news this week is we've got something called Marvel Secret Reverse, which is an epic team up between Iron Man and Spider-Man. In this comic, we see Tony Stark traveling to Japan to attend a gaming convention and awaiting his arrival is Rajiro Kayo, the CEO of a world famous card game company. And Kayo plans to unveil an amazing new gaming machine, but the inventor and his device are not at all what they appear to be. What's really neat about this is it's created by Kazuki Takahashi, who is the creator of Yugi a worldwide phenomenon everybody yes. knows Yu-Gi-Oh from the cards yeah. the comics the anime that like everything so the paperback and the digital release are available right now you know we've done a couple of these with Viz over the last like two years or so so I love seeing these come together I think there's so much crossover between manga and anime and comics and Marvel and all that stuff even though they're still very separate. And if you are a Marvel Insider it is the reward of the week so go to Marvel Insider and check that out yeah. All right. We got to move on to podcasts. But Ryan, before we get to Marvel's pull list, we got to talk about Marvel's Wolverine. You guys should be listening to Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine. It premiered last week. We like dropped it on the DL and we were like, hey, by the way, here's a podcast. Enjoy. Um, So go over and listen to the first two episodes now. Of course, Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine is the fourth installment of the Marvel's Wastelanders audio epic series that all ties together. We had Marvel's Wastelanders Star-Lord. We had one for Hawkeye. We had one for Black Widow. And now we got one for who? Wolverine. Snick, snick, meow, meow. I'm not a kitty. That was me in the 70s. (laughs) Remember when he had little kitty cat whispers? Yes. Just the best. (laughs) Loved it. This is an all new 10 episode series. So go and check it out. In fact, check it out right now with a little clip. Bam. Gene, they're eating it up in there. I think I got this teaching racket down. Logan, I love your passion for education. Don't get me wrong. But the object here is to build the students up, not terrorize them. Uh Uh-huh. Constructive feedback. But that's not why I pulled you out. Charles. What's wrong? I'm hearing no chatter from the usual suspects. The Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. are reporting the same. Same with the Thunderbolts. It's dead quiet out there, and Charles doesn't find any of this concerning. And there you have it. Go listen to it. The series is initially available exclusively on the SiriusXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. And then episodes will be released widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all other major podcast platforms in the U.S. Go learn more at marvel.com slash wastelanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to Marvel's Pull List, one of the other shows I host. And this week we have writer Charlie Jane Anders on for our reading club to talk about Incredible Hulk Ground Zero, a big late 80s Incredible Hulk story by Peter David and Todd McFarlane. We also talk about Marvel's Voices Pride, the new character Escapade that Charlie Jane co-created, and so much more. And then our picks of the week, books that we tell you you should really read this week, Immortal X-Men number three, Marvel's Voices Pride number one, and X-Men number 12. 
There's a lot of good books this week. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Speaking of good stuff to talk about, let's talk about good stuff with Alyssa Wong. Alyssa came on to talk about their story in Marvel's Voices Pride number one, which is a Young Avengers story called All My Exes in the Nexus. Um, <laughs> plus, we talk about Dr. Afra, a great Star Wars book, the Iron Fist book that they're working on, and so much more. Lorraine, are you excited to talk about Marvel's Voices Pride, some Dr. Afra, maybe some Alligator Loki, and of course, some Fancy Dan with our guest this week, Alyssa Wong. Yeah. Hi, Alyssa. Hey. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Now, what is your Marvel origin story? What's the first way you encountered the characters, the world of Marvel, all that good stuff? Okay, so I actually didn't grow up reading comics. But I guess my Marvel origin story is definitely the movies. I think I was in like high school maybe when Iron Man came out and I was like, ah, this is so cool. But yeah, I mean, that's my Marvel origin story. I started reading the comics in college on Tumblr. <laughs> like Amazing. And stuff. That was a moment in Tumblr history mm -hmm. for sure. Tumblr <laughs> was of that time. Yeah, I was really interested in Asian American media and like its history and like what people were doing now. And I remember seeing Greg Pak's, God, what was it? I think it was in Totally Awesome Hulk. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where a bunch of Asian and Asian American superheroes are fighting over a check. And I was like, this is it. This looks like a scene that happens every time my family goes out to eat with another family. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in after that. So I started reading comics in college, fell off for a bit and then came back to it maybe in the past five years or so, with The Wicked and the Divine. And after that, like, I think I started reading a lot of Greg Pak stuff. <laughs> and eventually I was working at Blizzard Entertainment writing Overwatch. And I got a, a call from Greg and he was like, hey, I love your short fiction. I'm looking for a co-writer on this Wave and Arrow story. Would you like to co-write some comics with me? And I was like, yeah, that would be super dope. Whoa. So that's my Marvel origin story. <laughs> How did he get your number? Did he just like look you up in a phone book? Did he, was it a friend of a friend? So this is wild. I think we, we met each other on Twitter and he probably, I'm not sure how he got my phone number actually, but he definitely got it. Cause I remember calling him while standing in um, like the main plaza area of Blizzard being like, I can't believe I'm talking to Greg on my phone right now. <laughs> And you're like, a few years ago, I was just reading your comics on Tumblr. That's so yeah. wild. <laughs> it's pretty buck wild. It's so cool. I love in Totally Awesome Hulk and some of the books, we created the Protectors, the group of heroes around Shang-Chi and Jimmy Woo and, and these, you know, a variety of characters. I want a Protectors book. Like, I've been thinking about that for years because those stories are so fun. Those characters work so well together. And how can we make sure everyone sees themselves in our stories and our characters? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how different everybody's take on like old legacy characters are. Like, I think that I'm always going to cape for Greg's Jimmy Woo. And I think that occasionally you you meet a character and you're like, this is my character. And you it's hard to explain why, but like, you're like, this is the one I'm going super hard for always, even if nobody else cares about this character and I feel like I'm sorry Greg I don't mean that no one cares about Jimmy <laughs> but I wonder like I think that Greg's passion for Jimmy Woo in particular I think it's inspiring and it's definitely reactivated my interest in Jimmy Woo who's a character that I just wouldn't have known about coming into Marvel Comics fairly recently and Greg rules Greg's awesome Greg don't listen to this specifically don't listen to me tell you this but you're awesome and I appreciate you so much <laughs> We will be sending that directly to him. <laughs> the look of sheer panic on Alyssa's face was perfect. Absolutely worth it. So you've been doing a lot of stuff since you started writing for us at Marvel. It feels like you've been a little bit of everywhere. You've been in the Marvel universe. You've been in a universe far, far away or a galaxy as it might be. So what have been some of your favorite titles that you've gotten to work on since you've started here at Marvel? Oh my god. I mean, it feels like a cop-out answer to say everything. So <laughs> <laughs> let me let me pick a couple. So I mean, Star Wars Dr. Aphra is 100% like, she's my girl. She's my ride or die. And I think that that's for a couple of reasons. One, Dr. Aphra is my first ongoing comic. And 
I've been writing her for a couple of years now, which still seems surreal. I think the first issue came out in, I think it was released early on May 4th, 2020. And I feel like every time I write a new issue of Afra, I learn a little bit more about her. And I remember being so nervous because Kieran Gillen and Seisberger did such a great job writing Dr. Afra volume one. And I was like, how do I measure up to that? But as time has gone by, I love writing referentially. So like pulling in stuff that people have written earlier, putting in like cool references and really studying how characters grow. And I feel like over time, I've really been able to take what they've built and then continue to grow her as a person based on what they've done. And like, I just think she's so fun. And I also think it's really special to write pretty much a whole comic cast where everybody is queer. Like, it's been incredible. It's been, in a lot of ways for me, life-changing. And it's so nice to be able to write something where it's not like, and here's your one queer character. Hope you enjoy carrying all of the diversity <laughs> for everybody else. So yeah, I mean, it's been great. Writing a bunch of messy people who are just bad people and also trying their best. It's great. <laughs> Also, just shout out to you real quick, because I know you just said like, oh, I was reading Wicked and Divine. Kieran Gillen wrote that book and then you immediately followed up his run, which is like another wild thing. That's really wild, <laughs> Alyssa. Like, what? <laughs> it's so crazy. Again, it still feels surreal. And I think one of the cool things about writing all these comics for Marvel has been getting to know people whose work I really admire. So I've gotten to meet Kieran and Sai like online and it, they've been super nice. And I don't know. I mean, I like, got to meet Greg. I still actually haven't met Greg in person. So we're going to try to change that maybe this year or the next. But it's just been amazing. People are, I think all the other writers that I've met have just been so welcoming. And that's something I value a lot and not something you always see in certain industries. So, yeah. You know, thinking about a character like Afra. And Loki, right? There's there's an inherent goodness at the core, but it's also wrapped up in so much mess, as you mentioned, and so much also like kind of like terribleness too. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, which I would imagine has to be a lot of fun and freeing and allow for you to express things that maybe don't necessarily you wouldn't do in your own life. You know, like the way you might, the way Afra may treat someone in the process of getting, you know, from point A to point C, that point B might be really, really messed up. But the end result, she's trying to do something cool or good or, or interesting. I imagine that's just got to be a blast. Oh, it's so much fun. I love all kinds of different characters. And I have like a couple of types that I really like to write. And I think I love characters who will always pick themselves first but end up like at a crossroads where they're like, I know it's best for me and I know it needs to get done, whether it's because I'm like, I have to accomplish this goal or because like I have inconvenient feelings for somebody, whether that's like platonic or romantic. And they have that choice because you never know what they're going to pick. And I actually never know until I write it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a, it's a fun way to keep things spicy. So Afra falls into that category. Loki definitely falls into that category. And a lot of the characters that I, I built into the Africast also fall into that category. And it's nice to see a bunch of people who are, like I said, who are selfish and self-motivated have to go, they're at odds with each other because if they have to work together, what's actually going to happen? You never know. It's, I love that uncertainty. And I love characters who, as you said, they have something at their core that may or may not be good, but life has taught them that it's too risky to be open with people and they have to deal with their own, I mean, I mean they have to deal with their own emotional constipation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And I have to say, it's not just one Loki because alligator Loki is important to your canon, or at least <laughs> in my eyes. Of course, the delightful infinite comic that you can read on Marvel Unlimited and should be, and it's so easy to read because there aren't really words in it so much. But how did that come about? And it just seems honestly like the most fun thing to write ever because they're so cute, so delightful. We get alligator Loki and a baby Bjorn. He's biting Thor. <laughs> and there's just nothing that's not wonderful. It's so much fun. 
my editor for Alligator Loki, Kat, contacted me and she had also, I'd also worked with her and Darren Shan on Shang-Chi Vertical Comic as well. And she was like, hey, I really enjoyed that. Do you want to write an Alligator Loki Infinity comic with me? And I was like, absolutely. And part of it was I'm always trying to learn how to do different things. And the idea of doing something that was just goofy, kind of like slightly slapstick humor, no words, with a weird little like alligator that's like a grumpy little cat, um, (laughs) which is perfect. I was so into it. And it's been nice to get to write a number of characters who in their main books are going through a lot. So to get to do something really light with alligator Loki, with Thor, and like maybe a little bit of non-alligator Loki has been, it's just been great. But what about Iron Fist? What can you tease us for the summer of many fists? Oh man, it is. Many fast, many furious. (laughs) Hot dragon summer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I've been enjoying writing Iron Fist a lot. I would say the past is coming calling and it's not just Lindley Iron Fist's past. It is, I would say, a couple of characters from a previous run or two or three of Iron Fist and things are getting kind of gnarly. My Iron Fist run has been about Lindley, a former swordmaster, trying to find his way as the new Iron Fist. But I wanted to do something with him which is I didn't want to do like the classic Iron Fist story that we've seen already with Danny and with like a lot of like, you know, I just wanted to do something a little bit different. I'm like, how do you take somebody who already has an identity and a past and everything else outside of Iron Fist and how do you organically make him the Iron Fist? And I think something that I've been focusing on a lot is like loss and like the pressure of having a legacy that you feel like you've failed. And in my opinion, one of the best ways of doing that is to bring the past back and make it hurt. So Lindley's going up against, or I suppose might be reunited with somebody from his past, his older brother, who he looked up to and adored and who's been missing for a long time. Part of Lindley's whole quest as Swordmaster was to track down his dad and his brother who've been missing since like the sword came into their lives. So this is bringing parts of his original quest into his current quest as Iron Fist. But as we all know, like, (laughs) you don't always get what you want in the shape that you want it. So yeah, I would say things are going to get gnarly. I love demons. Expect demons. And good advice for life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And expect, I don't know, expect tears because I love writing sad people. It's my favorite. Oh, it hurts just right. All right, let's shift gears a little bit to the new Marvel's Voices Pride anthology because you have a story in there, a Young Avengers story. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of that, how did you get involved with this latest Marvel's Voices Pride book? Again, it was, um, I believe it was Sarah, editor who who reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm looking for a Young Avengers story. Would you like to write it? And I lost my mind a little bit. I was very <laughs> excited. Because again, for me, Young Avengers is Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey and their stunning, crazy ride. I remember reading it and it taught me a lot about what you could do with comics and sort of stretching my ideas of like the fun things that you, the why not? Like, why couldn't you just do these crazy things? And I love character stories and I love weird interstitial form stuff. So I was super down and I knew I wanted to write a Loki story. So I'm pretty excited about that. I definitely loved when I cracked it open. I was like, oh, this is bringing me back to that Jamie and Kieran moment in Young Avengers. Like I definitely felt that in the story, which makes my heart happy because it's like my happy place also with Young Avengers. And I love the title, All My Exes Live (laughs) in the Nexus, which is chef's kiss. Where did the title come from? And Was the idea from the title or the title from the idea? So I always write my titles last because I hate writing titles. I'm very bad at that. (laughs) So I was complaining to my spouse, which is usually when these things happen. And I was like, I need to title this. All my titles are really bad. I don't know what I'm going to title this. And my spouse was like, hey, how about a play on all my exes live in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) And that's where this came from. I knew I wanted to write a story about like all of Loki's chaotic exes, because I was like, if you're going to bring the young Avengers together, or at least whoever's available together, and if you're going to, you know, if Loki's in a pickle, 
what is the biggest thing that could possibly bite Loki in the ass? And I was like, well, he's been around for a while. How many exes could this dude possibly have? And I think we're actually only seeing like a slice of that, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I knew I wanted to write about Loki and all of his exes and throw in a couple of stupid like mythology references and things. It's super fun. Yeah. You know, I, I've read everything we've put out in the last like 20 years. So I read and a lot before that. And so I've like, there are a lot of things in, in this brain with Marvel stuff. And I was so excited because I got to this page with the revelation of like, who's in the room with Loki. And I was like, I don't know some of these characters. That makes me so excited and so happy, you know, thinking about like, what kind of research did you do before diving in? Because we have established characters like Lorelai and Queen Cinder and Leah. And, but then there's a whole room full of new characters. It seems like <laughs> Mr. Cluck. We got to talk about Mr. Cluck. <laughs> and then James is, which one's the cat? Is the cat James? James is the cat. James okay, is the great. cat. <laughs> So Stephen Byrne and I came up with a bunch of exes. When I was writing the script, I was like, here's a bunch of people. I talked to Sarah and Anita on the editorial side, and I was like, can you give me a bunch of Loki's canon exes? And I'm just going to make up a whole bunch of other ones. So the new ones, I wrote a list. I'm like, here's some vague ideas of exes. My favorite is the horse-headed Asgardian dude. Which his is name, so I don't sad. think I can say. So I listen, hard same. That's a reference to like the Slipner myth, the one about mm. the one where Loki becomes a, a lady horse for a while and then gives birth to an eight-legged horse that like Odin then rides, which is some wild family reunion stuff, I am sure. But yeah, I mean, I came up with all these things. The James the cat was I, I think I had a, a thing it was like my bullet point was a nervous fast food cook and an displeased orange cat the orange cat's name is james he wasn't always a cat but now he is and it's all loki's fault (laughs) but like yes i was like here's some vague ideas you can draw them however you want and feel free to make up your own so mr cluck is actually uh steven burns oc i guess nice i like mr cluck because i'm trying to pull up the page because i want to make sure I remember it correctly. Yeah. He's wearing like a tank top, like a rainbow striped yeah. tank top. I And love maybe it. some wraparound sunglasses. It's oh. kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really important for me to have a lot of different people of different genders in there too. Because, I mean, to me, Loki is like my iconic, like pansexual, like gender fluid character. You know, that's the Loki I hold in my head. And so like we have some non-binary characters in there too. Yeah, I mean, I just I just had a great time. I think that the idea of getting to see a lot of different chapters of your life and who you were at X amount of time, like whenever you met someone and whenever they fell in love with you or you fell in love with them or like, I don't know, hooked up with them in the back of a McDonald's, whatever, um, <laughs> is it's really nice. It's like you get to see a little patchwork of like your past and who you are now. I love that so much because I feel like relationships are such bookmarks of a person's life and it makes so much sense that if you've been around for a couple thousand years and you're not very committal (laughs) have problems with truth there gonna be some exes in the mix you know you mentioned Stephen Byrne your collaborator your artist what is the process like working together that you know he's um throwing some chickens in the mix and (laughs) and that kind of thing what how do you guys like to communicate and work so I wrote the script and whenever I write a script, I think of it kind of like a like a letter to the artist that I'm working with. So there are some things where I was like, this is very exact and I'm sorry. But I also want to leave a lot of room for people to play. So there is this, there's a big splash where I was kind of like, well, I guess it's not really a splash, but I was like, can we together do a fight scene, an entire fight sequence in one page? And that was the really exact page where I was like, here are a bunch of scenes. Here's what I'm thinking. If you're like, this doesn't work, then feel free to play with something else. But I was like, here's the visual reference that I'm I'm thinking of. Let me know if this like works for you or if this you find this helpful or inspiring. But there's another page where um, I think America is leading Wiccan and Hulkling through a bunch of different worlds as they're trying to find Loki. And that page, I was like, this one's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Like any locations, as long as these things are happening. And then because I didn't want to leave Steven like high and dry. I was like, here's some ideas. You do not have to use any of them. So getting to to write that and then see what Steven came up with 
and then reworking the script in order to make it all flow together is like one of my favorite things. Because you write these things and then you get to be surprised by them, which is awesome. I have so much respect and awe for artists that it always gets to feel a little bit special when I get to work with one who's incredibly creative and it's kind of like getting little presents based on your script. <laughs> you know, it's so cool that I like just realized because I'm looking at that big fight page that you're talking about and it's like a kind of a circle and then all the pieces of pie around it are like the fight kind of unraveling. And it's also another Nexus moment because it's a really similar layout to that iconic Scarlet Witch moment where she's called out as a Nexus being. And it's like such a similar layout, which is just really, really cool. That makes me so happy. I love that. I was talking to editor Sarah Brunstead last week and we were talking about this page and she was she was so delighted. She was like, you know, talking about how y'all were like, all right, here's what I'm thinking. Can we make this work? And Stephen just comes back with it and he comes back so quickly and he nails it. And, you know, I hadn't read it at that point, but reading it now, it's so clear in its storytelling, which is such an yeah. important thing, especially because you are trying to do something cool and inventive and play with what we know from the Young Avengers of these characters who do something different, like both this page and the page where they're traversing dimensions. I think one of the greatest pieces about it is it's so very clear in what's happening, the way the story flows. And that's so important because you want this book to be put in someone's hands who doesn't normally read comics and for them to see what comics can do and to make it easy for them to just be like, oh, this is not daunting. I can read this. It's fun and it's great. So kudos to you guys. Oh, thank you. I remember seeing that page the first time and I was like, you're a genius. This is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, now as the book is going out into the world, what are you hoping fans and readers are going to take away from your story and the book at large? Hmm. I hope that people are able to see that, I guess, the wide range of stories about queer characters, because I think for a long time, for me at least, it was like trying to find the one story or the one book and always hoping to see somebody like me and knowing that like my chances honestly weren't that great. And I think the exciting thing about an anthology like this is you get so many different stories about so many different people with so many different personalities and backgrounds. I think you have a much higher chance of not only finding one story that resonates with you, but multiple stories that resonate with you. And for me, I love stories about bad guys, you know, <laughs> like I love stories about like bad people making tough decisions and having their former decisions bite them in the ass. That's my favorite thing. And so I kind of wrote, I mean, honestly, I kind of wrote this one for me and I hope that that love and joy comes through and that other people respond to it. My hope is that people reading this will be able to be like, I had a great time. Like, this is super fun, and it filled my heart in a way that I didn't know I needed it filled, or showed me that people like me can be celebrated, especially if they can't be out in other areas of their life. That's what I really hope for this Pride anthology and also for this story. Well said. Also, I just hope, I want to see these characters again. Like, all, mm -hmm. I want to see the exes. <laughs> I want you to get more chances to, like, bring these characters back, do more silly stuff with them, because... There's such a beautiful place for this kind of wonderful comic. So thanks, Alyssa. Well, thank you. I mean, Loki's my holy grail. So if you're listening, well, I want to write Loki. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's fun. I got to put in a lot of things that are like really little things that reminded me of like my friends or things that um, are stupid but special to me. The way Wiccan is sitting in his chair. Yes. I sit like that all the time. <laughs> We didn't even talk about how L'Oreal, like, they are. how she's just like, you could practically see her being like, oh my God, these two. And she's so like, <laughs> she's like blushing because they're like flirty and they're so in love and they're getting a little naughty. And it's, mm -hmm. I laughed real hard at that. That was great. Oh, it makes me so happy. I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, you're just so in love with somebody and you kind of forget that maybe your aunt is in the room. <laughs> I don't know. This one was this one's really fun. And I have a friend for whom Wiccan and Hulkling are like, they're very special to him. So I, I felt I'm so happy I got to write a little bit of them and them just being so sweet. They're so cute. They're the best. OTP, just the greatest. Yeah. Bring back the Tumblr days. <laughs> 
Oh my God, so true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alyssa, you're just a, uh, as Ryan likes to say, a ding ding delight. (laughs) This has been so fun chatting with you. Of course, everybody should go read Marvel's Voices Pride number one. Go pick it up at your local comic shop, buy 50,000 copies of it, have Alyssa sign them all (laughs) because it is so good. Thank you so much. This is so nice. Big thank you once again to Alyssa Wong for coming on the show. Again, go check out the Marvel's Voices Pride issue, which is terrific. Really, really good. And you know, we're going to stick with Marvel's Voices Pride next week when we have on our guest. It is going to be Angelique Rocher, who has been doing the Marvel's Voices podcast and has been working on all the Marvel's Voices comics, including Pride. So we'll be talking with Angelique about all that stuff. But... We have to get to our question of the week. Yeah, and in the spirit of summer sun and summer fun, because this week is summer solstice already, who in the Marvel Universe would you like to spend your summer vacation with? Choose correctly, because this could go bad for you. I feel like Shark Girl would be great, or Jeff, Jeff the Land Shark, because they would clear a beach and then it would just be for you. (laughs) Right? Those are super good choices. Those are good choices. See, I was thinking more along the lines of, I want a summer with someone who's rich, so I don't have to worry about mm, anything. I like but that. then, like, Iron Man, he's just going to be like... Ugh, he's going to bring over, like, the worst people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a lot of weird fun. My gut goes with Emma Frost, because she's going to have good taste. She's mm. going to have, you know, quality, like connections to get into do things and like not wait for anything and the best places to stay or do whatever you want but also like if you want to talk some smack about somebody at the end of a day and like just chill emma will do it with you brain to brain Brain she won't even make you talk yeah I'm going with Emma Frost. I'm going double. I'm going two. I'm going two people who know literature, but also know theater, and they have great conversation. I know it'll be no matter what happens, the conversation will be great. I'm going with T'Challa and Beast to spend a summer with them to go see great art and then to go see shows and then like sit down at a coffee shop and like discuss it and go see films and like talk about it. That would be so nerdy, but yet so cool at the same time. Also, with those two brothers around, nothing will happen to me. Everything will be great. Um, I like it. Smart boy summer. Yes. Smart boy summer. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, good. Well, if you want to have your smart boy summer or a different idea for who you want to summer vacation with, you can tweet your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And of course, please make sure it is okay to read on the show by telling us it is okay to read on the show that's how you do that all right well the question of the week last week was which marvel x's do you think should get back together and this is a spicy question we asked because i tend to think if you break up you should stay that way (laughs) but you know what hot take i mean you know maybe it works out for some folks (laughs) here's advice you didn't want from Lorraine anyways moving on I mean we had some great answers for you James why don't you kick us off Amy Arrow at 616 Whitman Clint Barton and Bobby Morse their breakup was meant to be temporary but that was over 10 years ago things are different now and if they got back together they could be better than ever there's only one problem with that equation, and it's Clint Barton. <laughs> He's a problem for <laughs> any relationship. Yeah, Although wow. I do love their wedding issue where they like end up in a big heart-shaped jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so chef's kiss. <laughs> Next up, we got Norco at Norco O, who said, Peter and MJ, I mean, come on. Peter and Felicia, <laughs> this is always fun. Peter and Cindy, there was so much potential there. I get that a lot of Peter is his struggles, but can't he struggle with other stuff than love like come on you know what i do agree peter deserves love and he honestly i would love to see him get back together with mj particularly i did love cindy moon and him like Mm -hmm. furiously making out and having to be sprayed with a water bottle but yeah that got almost explicit whenever they were doing it it was it was wild i just thought it was such a funny idea that like their spider totemness was just attracted like they just had weird feral hormones with each other it's real good Okay, up next is Squeaky Squid at Squid Squeaky, which tweets, 
I'd like to see Peter Parker and Felicia Hardy back together. It would be really cool to see a quote-unquote renewed vows style comic with those two. I actually really do agree with the Peter Parker, Felicia Hardy vibes. I think there's a like a, a fun, flirty, sexiness, you know, like coolness to the two of them together. But there's real heart there. I think Felicia has one of the biggest hearts in the Marvel anti-hero game. And I don't know. She'll steal his heart and his stuff. What a gal. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Deal with on. it. You got to love that because she steals your stuff, which only means she wants you to come find it. Ooh. <laughs> this says a lot about you, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, she, she stole your stuff. Ah, she just wants me to find it. That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> Davy Boy at Davy Boy 94673521 says, besides the glaringly obvious one, Peter and MJ, how about Bruce and Betty? And Kamala and Bruno. You know what? I have to agree with you, Davey boy. I have always wanted Bruce and Betty to be okay. I mean, since I was a child, I mean, all the way to now, I've always wanted it to be okay. Remember in Immortal Hulk when um, Betty turned into the harpy and then she ate Bruce's heart? That yep. ruled. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was yep. the best. On Marvel's Pull List this week, we talk about a Hulk story, Incredible Hulk, like 340 to 346. And in it, Betty returns and there's some stuff going on, some weird stuff. But yeah, so if you want some insight into the Betty Bruce of it all, go check that out too. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Andrew Nickerson at Andrew Nickers 19, who said Bruce Banner and Betty Ross, although I don't think of them as exes so much as he left to protect her. And then she ate his heart. I I added that part. Al Herrera at Al underscore as underscore in underscore Al tweeted, Howard the Duck and Beverly Swizzler. <gasps> Chip Zdarsky really left us on an emotional cliffhanger here. Heck that is the man. right answer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was the right answer until just now, but that was the right answer. Yeah. From Miss Bisexual Thing at Aquarian by INFJ, Loki and Sijin. Bring Sijin back, Marvel. Make her a badass warrior who's been exploring the multiverse and ends up reuniting with Loki. And she means it. She wrote, bring Sijin back, Marvel, in all caps. She is serious about this. I feel like you got to read Marvel's Voices Pride now. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. Muriel is sensational and savage at Garbaggio 2, which is an amazing name. Uh, said Molecule Man and Volcana, but only if Molecule Man agrees to be a little less evil. You know what? <laughs> I love them because Molecule Man was like, especially in Secret Wars, was like, I don't know. I'm just a Molecule Man. And everyone's like, shut up, Molecule Man. And then Volcana was like, don't mess with my, my little boyfriend. And it was so nice. It was. I love a, like a Miss Piggy Kermit vibe, you know? <laughs> I love a powerful woman with a little man. <laughs> Up next, Abby Knows Little at Abby Knows Little tweeted, Angela and Sarah, she became queen of hell to get her back. That's romance right there. Yes. Oh, Angela and Sarah breaks my damn heart. So good. Joey D'Souza at JDS underscore 1988. Richter, Julio Richter, and Shatterstar, Benjamin Russell. Even though they're still good friends, I would love for them to give it another shot. Ring, 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 ring. Y'all should be reading Knights of X because they are together and they are smooching and they are having a good time. You're welcome, Um, Joey. All right. Everything may go completely wrong, as is the way it goes with most (laughs) X-Men comics and all everything you love will probably get destroyed. But for right now, Richter and Shatterstar get to be together a bit. Oh, go read it. It's funny that you say that because I felt this when, when we read the first tweet about Peter Parker. I always feel like no matter what happens, he could like save the world. But the minute they put some wonderful love interests, like the whole, everything just falls apart and it makes me feel bad again. It's like the Bruce and Betty thing. It's like, why? Why can't they be happy? Because happiness does not make for great stories most of the time. Or so <laughs> yeah. I'm told. I just want happiness, y'all. I just want happiness. Nope, kill them. Make them cry. Deal with it, America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, moving on. Um, Wanda and Spidey appreciator at Nader Pillar said America and Ramone Watts. Yes, that's such a good one. Ramone is, Alloy is her name. They broke up so that America could like grow up and stuff and like 
you know, she's she's a young lady, but they got lots of time. They got plenty of time to like reconnect later on. Yeah. Nick Hall at centipede underscore D tweeted, Danny Rand and Misty Knight are so good together. I don't know why they ever broke up. Get them back together. Nick, I'm going to tell you why they broke up because Danny is a ding dong. He is got his head in the clouds. He's got too much damn money. He has too little responsibility. Danny, get your stuff together. You do not deserve Misty Knight. Misty has been seen with Sam Wilson lately. That is the pair I'm all about. Yeah. That's true. Like, he can't keep up with her. No. <laughs> no. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Out of his league. JP Tuesday at JP Tuesday wrote, Storm and T'Challa, oh. the king needs his queen back. Let me just say, as a black man, when I saw Storm and T'Challa together, I was so happy. And when they broke up, and when they started fighting about the Phoenix, I was like, okay, stop it, Marvel. to say right, okay? <laughs> Let the people love, okay? This is, it's the Storm Queen and the King. And come on! Now, this one hits me a little hard. JP, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I agree. This should happen. I love those comics. Even when he gets, like, messed up by Doom and then Storm yes! is, like, helping rule Wakanda. It feels right. Yes! The current Black Panther series that John Ridley is writing has some wonderful, brutal storm at t'challa stuff and like it's great but man it's like if you want to put a a, a fork in that relationship john is oh. just like mm, give me some barbecue sauce over here put some worcestershire <laughs> over here we're gonna put a fork and they're just gonna slice it up it's uh we love to see it all right <laughs> next up we got at Tilisa underscore who said you know who wanda and vision have been an it couple for decades even if they haven't been together since 2005 they deserve a second shot at their marriage with a real wedding and accurate characterization this time they've been through it you know for sure listen this is talking pure comics wanda's OTP should probably be Wonder Man. And I think we all know, if you know, you know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, okay. They never mm. got a shot. Mm. That's true. They need Maybe a real like, shot. I don't know. I'm here with the hot takes. She coming through with the hot takes. Coming through with the hot takes, LC. <laughs> All right. Um, let's keep it rolling. We've got one here from Issa Kenobi at S Sam Cap P, who tweets Shang-Chi and Liko Wu, please. Um, Liko is a cool character, an agent of MI6, and that's cool. I, You know, it's weird. I don't think of Shang-Chi as, like, having big relationships, but that's just because we haven't seen it in a while, so I think that makes a great point for this. Mm-hmm. Issa putting them back together in, in a modern fashion, really, would be pretty cool. Yeah. Nelly at Babes of Prey. Bucky and Natasha are way overdue for a proper reunion. They didn't break up because it didn't work out. Someone made Nat forget, and they've never talked about it properly. They and we deserve at least that much. All right. Do you think they talk about their problems? No way. It's a lot of brooding, staring at the wall. That was a heartbreaker, though. Seems hard. Oh, Oh, it was. So much sadness. Yeah, that means we're telling the stories the right way. (laughs) (laughs) You felt something, jerks. (laughs) All right. I'm so spicy today. All right, moving on. We got this message on Facebook from Keith who said, Marvel X's whom I think should get back together. There are so many that come to mind like Black Panther and Storm whom were practically the power couple. And of course, Peter and Mary Jane who were pretty much destined to be together. But I'm going to go with my fave former couple, Star-Lord and Kitty Pride. I had so much hope for these two, especially when Star-Lord popped the question and asked Kitty to marry him. It just seemed like their relationship was very passionate to me, and they made a great couple. Of course, just like any couple, they had their fair shares of ups and downs. But most of all, I loved how they tried so desperately to make a long-distance relationship work, which in the end, sadly, was probably their downfall as well. But I'm still clinging on to the hope someday, somehow, they'll get back together. Oh, I did like that relationship. It had... It was really good. It had some sweetness. And then it was like, why are you always out of town? And yeah, I think they also had a lot of like big family issues with the X-Men and the Guardians, all kinds of stuff. Oh, well. Oof. Oof. Course. Peter Cole's got a lot of family issues mm-hmm. in general. All right, let's keep it moving. We got an email from Deputy Kowalski who tweets, which couple should get back together? Matt Murdock and Electra. They were an absolute power couple, and I would love to see them team up to kick some butt in Hell's Kitchen once again. Kowalski, you gotta read Daredevil. Kowalski, you gotta <laughs> read Daredevil. They've been 
dealing with each other, getting back together. They've been, you know, bumping and grinding a little bit. They've been fighting the crime a little bit. They've He's been in prison. She's been doing stuff the last couple of years of Daredevil, I think, will really tickle your fancy. And where they went through Devil's Reign in the last couple of, it's like the last six or seven months or so, and where they land out of it, we know that there's a new Daredevil book coming out, and it's the two of them, together, as Daredevil. So... You got it. You win. Dear Kowalski. Kowalski. (laughs) (laughs) Email from Henrik Hansen. Hey, guys. Way back in Amazing Spider-Man 131, my uncle, my enemy, question mark, two star-crossed lovers almost tied the knot only to be thwarted by that pesky web slinger. That's right. Aunt May (laughs) and Dr. Octopus deserve another chance at love. I will never forget that cover. May and Doc Ock at the altar, Spidey trying to break it up, and the minister says... With this ring, I the web? Priceless. Take it easy. Henrik Hansen, Maidstone, UK. A classic. I agree. Aunt May <laughs> loves a bowl cut. That's what I know about Aunt May. Can't get enough of them. She is strong as stone till the bowl cut comes out, and then it's like melting. All right, we got an email from James Marsh who says, do they count as exes if they never dated in this timeline? Are you Mm. ready for a deep cut? Because I would be interested in seeing Franklin Richards and Katie Power date now that they're old enough for a relationship. A future version of Katie Power mentions that Franklin Richards was her first boyfriend during the delightful Avengers and Power Pack Assemble miniseries written by Mark Sumerak. Franklin has been in a rough patch recently, and a reunion with a childhood friend could energize both of their lives. Oh, I love that. That's really fun. I love that, too. I will say, though, this couldn't necessarily work right now because Franklin has aged up a little bit because of events that happened in Fantastic Four comics. So he's not quite the same age as Katie anymore. And then it gets a little weird because he's like more in his teens and she's still preteen, I think. So... But in the future, awkward. Yeah. In the future, maybe. All right. We got a big email in here from William Rose. And this is in response to a question from a couple of weeks ago about deep cuts. A selective few of William's deep cut characters is Vertigo, Wallflower, Princess Powerful, Ruby Summers, Kitten Nixon, Lifeguard, Lorelai and Lorelai Travis, Sienna Blaze, Luna Maximoff, Pietro's daughter, if I remember correctly, Quicksilver's daughter, a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of Morlocks and so much. And then William says, I had a great kick of Luciano Vecchio's Iceman miniseries to start off Marvel's Voices Unlimited, beginning with one amazing reunion with a future nominee of a certain gala, question mark, not just one, but two without any spoilers. That said, stay safe and begin your calendar date for Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel, and as always, Excelsior. You know your business, pal. I love it. I love it. Email from Simon Williams. I know it's been a while, so I just wanted to check in and say, hi, for a brief recap, I did see Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and enjoyed it. Definitely looking forward to Marvel Studios' Thor, Love and Thunder as well. At the time of this writing, I've seen both episodes of Marvel Studios' Miss Marvel and loved it. Kamala being the fangirl we all know and love, I would have enjoyed Agent M's cameo if he hadn't spoiled it on Twitter before I got the chance to see the episode. Next month is San Diego Comic-Con and Barring another pandemic or something, I'll be going for the first time. So I had two questions. Any tips and advice you can give for a first-timer? Second question, is there anything you can share about what Marvel will be doing at San Diego Comic-Con? Thanks again. In the words of the late Stan Lee, Excelsior. Oh, do we got tips. One, sensible shoes. This is not a joke. This is like a hike. If you ruin your feet the first day, that's it. You got ruined feet and you are going to be hobbling all weekend. Don't do it. The most comfortable shoes, bring hand sanitizer, bring something to drink, water, hydrate, try to rest frequently, bring some wet wipes for your hands. You can't thank me enough, let me tell you. All of that is very true. Also, like, plan. Try to plan what you can. Look at the schedules. If you want to see a panel, give yourself half an hour before and after minimum, minimum to do anything else. Like, minimum. If you can give yourself more time, great, because... It's a big place. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot of like travel time between things. So you can't just like say, oh, I have five minutes between things and I'll make it. You don't know that. In some rooms, they get filled up well before a panel starts. Save your money beforehand because there's so much stuff to buy at Comic-Con. Yeah. And when you get there, head up to the Marvel booth. They usually have 
a list of the different signings that are happening at the booth, the different stage shows. Sometimes they'll have a list of panels that are happening. And a lot of booths have stuff like that if they're doing, you know, bigger exhibitions and stuff. So go check individual websites of people that you care about. You can head to marvel.com. I'm sure closer to the con, like maybe the week of or a few days beforehand, we'll post some stuff. If you're going to cosplay, test your cosplay before you do it. You don't want your pants to rip out or anything at the con because then you're just walking booty out and nobody wants that. And if you are doing cosplay and costuming, be ready to just be stopped every... every two feet. Two feet, truly. Or just like have to stand still if you've got a costume that people want to take pictures with, which is cool, but like that's what you're getting yourself into. And then also throw your schedule out the window. Like and do what's have fun. your schedule and then throw it out the window and just like ride the breeze, baby. Yeah, that's what they say. Ride the breeze, San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. Oh, to your other question, Simon, nothing we can share at this point, but stay tuned for, you know, the, the upcoming weeks as we have official information. We'll certainly share it. And then also, Simon, come on, man. You didn't enjoy my cameo because I spoiled it. You didn't enjoy it. I know you enjoyed it. He didn't get the, the thrill of the surprise because he already knew. It's still. <laughs> this episode of This Week of Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Jill DeBuff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Harpies, heart-shaped candies. Harpies, heart-shaped candies. Do you want to eat Bruce Banner's heart? Try Harpies, heart-shaped candies. Yum. I'm Ryan. (laughs) I'm Lorraine. And I'm James. This is Marvel. Your Your universe. universe. Kowalski. 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 Kowalski.